place it comfortably. I just have a few words tonight, but um, where I'd like to begin is with the um, reading which um, Althea selected tonight, that reading from uh, Joko, um, The Cocoon of Pain. Um, I remember um, choosing that as a reading because it, I thought that it really, um, in a few brief words, really got to the nub of um, what practice is about. And uh, it really describes all the different strategies, the sort of egocentric strategies that we have, as she says, as a way of avoiding um, unpleasantness in our life. Um, if you look into them, you'll actually find that each of those um, different strategies is actually based on the Enneagram. <laughs> um, they're all descriptions of the, the different personalities in it and the different ways we try to avoid our life. And um, as she says in that, you know, in her very direct kind of way, um, until we actually see what we're doing and that we're doing a version of one of those strategies, until we really see that and we can really honestly acknowledge it in ourselves in a non-judgmental way, we haven't really started serious practice. So it's identifying those, those kind of protective um, patterns is um, a great way to begin. Which leads me into um, adding another version um, of uh, those strategies, um, which is here a lot, I think, uh, in, our, in our popular culture, and, and very much in American culture, which we get a lot of. And that is this whole um, view of um, positive and negative you know, positive thinking or negative thinking and positive attitudes and negative attitudes. And in some way, Buddhism and Zen can get sort of quoted and linked into being a kind of positive psychology. But when you really examine it, at least my, my perspective from my, my own experience, my own Zen training, is that it's got nothing to do with positive and negative at all. And when you, when you set up positive against negative and how positive will win against negative, you're in dualistic thinking. And, and Zen practice is about, it's not about going from negative to positive, it's cutting through the whole dualism of positive and negative, you know, that one will conquer the other or dissolve the other. Um, other versions, really when you look at it, um, that, that sort of whole idea about the positive, accentuating the positive. There's actually a great book written on it by a woman called Barbara Ehrenbach, who's a, um, social, write, a social commentator, um, writer in the US, who re writes really good books, and she's researched it, and she shows how it goes right back into... Um, the Christian beginnings of America, you know, and there's always been this movement of mind over matter and um, and how you can conquer everything. But when you really examine it, it's another way of trying to go from the unpleasant to the pleasant, you know, from from the negative to positive. It's just another another kind of evangelical religion, even though it may be secular in the way that it comes across of this whole notion that positive can conquer negative. That, that in other words, pleasant will conquer unpleasant. 
doesn't matter how, how enlightened you become or how realized you become, how awake you become, your life will always be made up of the pleasant and the unpleasant and the neutral. There's no escaping it. And really Dharma practice is about, in a sense, there is, there is something um, that transforms out of it uh, in that we do experience um, more joy and more equanimity and more compassion and more love if we do this practice. But it doesn't come about clinging to a positive. It comes about through um, noticing our, our aversion to the unpleasant. You know, and being instead of just automatically having an aversion to it and trying to pull away from it, is to just accept that it's there. There's the pleasant and the unpleasant and the neutral. It makes up our life every day. And um, it's a positive and negative become it can become another another sophisticated way of um, dealing with fear and hope. And uh, as uh, Chogyam Trumpa, who was a very, very popular, well-known Tibetan Buddhist teacher um, in the uh, 70s and 80s, said that, that hope and fear is really just another, another version of um, grasping and aversion. Mm-hmm. But it's a very seductive message. Do you know, someone tells you to, you know, you can, if you hope, if you just hope more strongly, do you know everything will turn out all right? Mm-hmm. Don't dwell on negative thinking. But we don't know what the future brings. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it brings. So to be just a naive optimist is not, is not a Zen approach because we don't know what, we'll, what, what tomorrow will bring. But equally, being a pessimist is not a same perspective either. And just seeing suffering everywhere you look, mm-hmm. it's neither. If I had to put a word to it, you know, the same way of being in the world is being a realist. It's just being in this moment, and you know what this moment is, but you don't know whether the next moment will be positive or negative. Mm-hmm. As some as you know, my sister's partner just suddenly died of a heart attack a week ago. Yeah, they were just going along really, really fine, lovely relationship. Like that, it's gone. We don't know what the next moment brings. So to have some fixed view that everything will be optimistic or to have a fixed view that everything will be pessimistic is just what it is. It's a fixed view. It's not based on anything realistic at all. One's based on hope and the other one's based on fear. So often Zen practice is not, um, not necessarily, uh, what should I say, um, consistent with what some of the sort of dominant paradigms or dominant narratives are in our culture. Um, it often goes beyond it, beyond that sort of conceptual dualism which is there in everything. 